0: Warning the following podcast may include material that is found offensive, vulgar, and just downright inappropriate. Please be advised.
1: In the right corner, standing at six foot four inches, holding a 12 podcast episode completion rate, all by TKO, the king of the comb over the spectator through spectacles, John Double D. And in the left corner, standing at five, foot five and a half inches, also holding a 12-podcast episode completion rate, all by submission, the carrier of curiosity, the transcendent troubadour, Josh Girth Brooks Harbison.
2: That was great. That was too good. <laughs> Element, element of surprise. Element of surprise. You cannot believe your eyes. Element, element, element. Element of surprise. Element of surprise. You cannot believe your eyes. It's the element of surprise. Element of surprise. Element of surprise. surprise. Element of surprise. It's
0: the element of surprise. Welcome to episode number thirteen. Today we don't need to introduce ourselves because we got introduced in a very epic way, I would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, normally, as you can tell, we uh, we have guests on, and they're usually at the beginning of their journeys. But today's episode's a little bit different because this man to the right of me is right in the middle of the storm of his career. And he's been doing it for a long, 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 long time. And he is a Hall of Fame public speaker. He is a business best-selling author. And most of all, he's a good, dear friend of mine. And this is uh, Scott McCain. So welcome, Scott McCain, to the welcome. podcast. Thanks, welcome. Josh.
1: Thanks, John. It's great to be with you guys. What a blast. You guys, I, I've listened to your podcast. You guys have an I mean, it's, it, one of the things I love about what you guys do is there's there's podcasts that I feel that they're talking at me you guys have created this element that when I'm listening, I feel like I'm sitting here at the table too and oh, and that is really really cool so yeah. congratulations on <laughs> I'm on lucky episode 13 yeah, here episode I guess
0: right? so cool and this is actually the first time we actually got our logo up there we haven't ha- I just picked it up today oh it's sweet and at the end I'm going to have you take a picture next to it and so oh uh, yeah. great
1: great it's uh, you got that's cool logo too. Congrats on that.
0: That's such a great mustache I had. Yeah, I'll have it again though. I will have it again though. <laughs> but uh, episode
3: man. Ace and a Trace is so, what
1: I like to call it. Ace and a Trace. And a
2: trace. <laughs> yeah.
0: So Scott 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 McCain, um, you're a public speaker, and you know a lot of people when they think of public speaking, they think of inspiring people, motivating them psychologically, and that's it. But you have a very specialized routine, and you've been doing it for a long time, and you teach people how to create distinction in businesses and you also teach not only businesses but just people that are kind of going solo in their yeah. careers and everything so can you tell us kind of about that how you got started with that
1: and- yeah I mean I, it, it was real interesting for me I, I was at a point in my career I had to relaunch uh, I, I'd had a tragedy in in my life and I had to take time off from my career so now I've got to almost start all over again. I, it, that's not exactly right because I hopefully developed the skills to be good at what I do. But, but in terms of marketing and sales and all those kinds of things. And um, I, I started looking, trying to find books that would help me stand out. What did it take to take what I was already doing and make it stand out in my particular field? And I couldn't find anything. You know, I could find stuff. Oh, Differentiate or Die was a book I found. There were other things about Be Different. Mm-hmm. But I thought, you know, I, I could slap every customer in the face and I'd be really different. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> doesn't mean anybody would ever come back or anything. <laughs> you know, they hate me or beat me up or something. So, so I started researching it. And, I, you know, the, the blinding flash the obvious was, if, if I'm having so much trouble finding this, what's the chance that if you guys wanted to find it, that you could find You know, maybe you'd want to find it too. Right. So that's how I really got started researching and studying it. And, and I found that it, it's, it, for most people, I say, look, it's not your fault. You were taught how to do what you do, but you weren't taught how to make what you do stand out from everyone else. Exactly. And and that's what I was trying to
0: find. That's that's super interesting. And I actually, in your new book, uh, Iconic, yeah. I was listening to it, and actually you kind of go over that in the beginning, and you talk about kind of how you got started and whatnot. So you've been teaching people how to create distinction for so long. And in your book, Iconic, you, t- you basically said that you learned through all the people after doing it for so long, that people are kind of like, okay, I'm distinct, now what? And right. then you're like, aha, you had an aha moment. Yeah. And then you're saying, well, there's another level now. And you were the first to admit that. And you say, the next level is becoming Iconic. And I thought that was very, very interesting how Thanks. you came to be on that. So
1: Well, and, and that's the thing. I mean, distinctive means we stand out in our respective field, but iconic means regardless of what we do, people go, wow. And, and one of the examples I use in the book is there's there's a number of rap artists that we could name that the average person would have no idea who they are unless they're into hip-hop or rap. But you say Jay-Z, everybody knows who he is. Mm-hmm. So he found a way to transcend his particular genre and and the same is true there are local coffee shops here They're in Vegas that might be great but everybody knows who Starbucks is so it's not just about the coffee it's about how do you take it to the ultimate level of distinction so that was the the research and the writing for this book
0: that was yeah it was very very interesting do you Thank have you. do you have a question no oh you're
3: he was looking at me like shut up josh for a second no 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 <laughs> i'm soaking it in no oh, no, no, no. no yeah it's, it really I'm building a question so
0: one of the things that you said in your uh iconic book that i thought stood out is you don't have to be world renowned to be iconic. And that was interesting. So you even mentioned uh, a steakhouse which wasn't Hanks by the way. Uh, but uh no. Should, could have
1: been, but no, was, yeah. Yeah. I was
0: thinking when you're saying steakhouse I'm like, "Oh my gosh." Yeah. Like, "Oh my and then you uh, and then what was the what was the steakhouse?"
1: St. Omo's in Indianapolis. That's that's where I lived before. Yeah, I lived in yeah. Vegas, was in Indianapolis, yeah, so I that's
0: that. yeah, yeah. So, uh how how does that work? I would usually just kind of assume they went hand in hand if you're iconic like everybody knows about you, but it's kind of uh, different and it was interesting to understand and, and realize that you don't have to be like a Jay-Z to be iconic.
1: Right, right. I mean, uh, th- this sounds like the math professor I had that I had didn't like. <laughs> but, but, uh, you, you can be distinctive and not be iconic, but you can't be iconic unless you're distinctive. So what that means is y- you can be the leader of your particular pack, but yet nobody else except that pack knows you. That's distinctive. And who wouldn't want to be that? I mean, that's something for all of us to to aspire to. But the highest level is when we're so good, you know, if if you're a car salesman and somebody says, wow, you're the best car salesman I've ever dealt with, you're distinctive. You're the best of car salesmen. Mm -hmm. But if they say, man, of all the people I've ever bought anything from, you have helped me the most, now you're iconic. Because it's not just about the car. It's about of all the people I've ever dealt with. So that's a higher level for us to aspire to. And the steakhouse in Indianapolis, I mean, that that's one of the things about it. It's not just a good steak because there's a lot of places in Indianapolis that have a good steak. The St. Elmo's Steakhouse has an incredible experience, and every business wants to be like them, not just every other steakhouse.
0: Wow. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a lot to take in. That's awesome, though. Well,
1: I mean, some of the things they do, for example, is every waiter has a 401k plan. Uh, every waiter is has business cards. And so you're, really? yeah, yeah. So That's when, awesome. when you have the meal, the waiter introduces uh, his, himself or herself and presents you with their business card. And I hope you'll return. And when you return, please ask for me. And how can we, you know, and they become not just your server, they, they are the concierge of your experience. And so but why do they do that? Because they pay them more than any other wait staff in town. They have retirement plans for them. They want you to look at it not just as a job. but If you want, you make it a career. And, and one of the things, I didn't put it in the book, but one of the things that uh, they told me, Craig Hughes, who's the CEO of it, uh, he said, we give you a bottle of wine every year from the year that you started working here. He said, "The problem is now we've got one guy that's been here like forty years." <laughs> so he said, "Trying to find a bottle of you know nineteen seventy eight Cabernet, you know, it's like, dies. oh my god, <laughs> yeah, it's like, this guy it's, it's like." Uh, and, and they start saying, "Hey, instead of give me the bottle of wine, just give me the money you were going to take right? to buy it." You yeah. know. but he True. said, "It's it's about the experience, and and they you know they get paid vacation, they get. I mean, there's so many things that they do for them." So what happens is, and, and see, that's that's what I think most businesses miss too. They talk about, oh, we got to have a better customer service or a better customer experience. That starts with the experience your employees and your team has, right? Because I, I can tell you right now that Southwest Airlines has a better culture than American Airlines. How do I know? I haven't worked either place, but I can tell by the way their employees treat me as a customer. Sure, yeah, definitely. You, right? you can't mm-hmm. expect to berate your employees and then have them go out there and be nice to customers. Right. right? But yet, why don't more businesses and leaders get that? It's beyond me. But hopefully you, that's changing.
0: And, and, you know, what this reminds me of um, John Mackey's book, um, Conscious Capitalism. I was, I, was ta- I talked to you about that a while ago. Yes. But did. everything you're saying, it, it, he spoke of that in his book, basically saying that kind of uh, one of the examples you put in your new iconic book was... Uh, that one place pays their cashier. Uh, was it Quick? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Quick Trip. Uh, Qu- yeah, Quick. Yeah. yeah,
0: they pay a double the amount, and that's kind of that was the philosophy. Of like John Mackey and Whole Foods mm-hmm. was basically, you know, you like his uh, executives and CEOs, like they get paid substantially less than other executives and yeah. all that. And he and so they take a little bit off the high people, and they really help the people on the, the the lowest levels. You know, the the clerks and give them extra benefits and things like that. And you can really tell in the whole environment of like whole foods to Airbase happy people right. i go there sometimes i know it's more expensive which it has to be because it's healthier mm-hmm. but i go there a lot the of times because it just makes me feel good and you could tell the whole culture there is a lot happier a lot more selfless and oh, you could definitely yeah. tell you know you can tell they did it a certain way as well and we it got, reminds me of that
1: yeah exactly we got our thanksgiving meal there i'd never done this before and it was just going to be my wife, Tammy, and me, and her brother, and her son. So just four of us for Thanksgiving. And, and she didn't want to, you know, she's very traditional and homey, so she didn't want to go out to a restaurant. But, you know, think of cooking. By the time you buy the turkey and buy everything else, and you cook it for just four people, man, so Whole Foods had this deal. And it was like 100 bucks, but it got you everything for for a, a party of four.
0: Oh, perfect. That tur- turkey's probably a... Definitely a lot healthier than other turkeys. Oh I'm yeah, sure.
1: and it was a healthy. It was a pre-cooked turkey. So what you did is you, you you picked it up and you put it in your oven for like two hours, and it, it finished it off. So it tasted fresh, and it had uh, you know mashed potatoes and stuffing and gravy and everything. I mean, it was fat. Well anyway, so I go to pick it up on Thanksgiving morning, thinking, oh my god, I'm going to be in line for you know hours because we've been to another like honey baked ham and yeah. you stand in line forever to get it. You know the whole bit. And I get to Whole Foods over here at Town Center, and they have different tables set up and the letters of your name. Oh, wow. Right? And so there was L&M table or something. So I go get in that line, and there's one guy in front of me. And I go up, and I said, you know, my name. And the guy, oh, say, I think I packed yours myself. And he <laughs> got the cart, and I was there like, Thirty seconds,
0: and you, wow. and, and,
1: you <laughs> and I've got my meal. I'm like, because literally, I go early in the morning thinking I'm going to be in line for you know an hour and a half or something to get this thing, and they were so nice, and I, I felt so guilty. I put it in the car, and I went back in and bought some, you know, I bought some vitamins, <laughs> I bought some stuff just because I felt like if you're that nice. I got to go spend some more you money. Came back, you you know? came
0: back with that guy too. You, came <laughs> back, I brought the turkey, I brought this nice. I offered him
1: a thing. job at Thanksgiving dinner, you know. So, <laughs> but it, it, to your point, Josh, I think you're, you're exactly right. It it is. They get treated better, and so guess what happens? They treat customers better. And- Absolutely. Long-term. Yeah. It's long-term.
0: Yeah. People look for short-term. They look to cut budgets. They look to cut a bunch of different things, and really you got to look long-term. You make your people happy and care about your culture within, and then they will work harder. It's kind of like when somebody does bad and you criticize them, tell them bad they do, they're going to have more pressure on them. They're going to do worse, or yeah. they're going to rebel. If you tell them instead of what they did bad, you're like, this is what you did good. This is what you did great. It makes them want to kick more ass for you. Oh,
1: absolutely. And I, I think a lot of leaders are cop-outs because they, they want to tell you what you did wrong, but they don't want to model how it's supposed to be done right.
0: Mm-hmm. That, that's, Does that make sense? That's yeah. so true. That,
1: yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's fortunately why things are changing. I mean, it's, I, you read it in the book, I'm sure, Josh. It's hard for me to believe that somebody would wake up in the morning and say, you know, today I'm going to drive to work so that when I can get there, I can make unwanted passes at some of my employees and I can treat others like crap and, and I can be a real badass that, you know, everybody hates. Yeah. I, I can't imagine people think that when they're driving to work. But it happens. And right. why does it happen? It happens because they've been able to get away with it. There hasn't been, we, we don't realize and we haven't realized that if there's something that we tolerate, then in essence we've endorsed it.
0: Yeah, right? like accountability.
1: I mean, think of the board of, of Miramax Pictures. If they would have been required to say, oh, we endorse what Harvey Weinstein did.
0: I was just
1: right? talking I mean,
0: to my mom yeah. about this on the way. Oh, we're talking about yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow and Brad yeah. Pitt going over to his place saying like, Stay away from her and stuff. That's weird that you brought that up.
1: It, it, it's so it's so wild. But the, but what did they do? Well, they tolerated it because oh he'd had hits and he'd done well, yeah. so he might be doing these bad things. We'll tolerate that because it, well that's 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 crap. I mean, if if you tolerate it, then you've endorsed it. And mm-hmm. and some of these folks uh, it would it would cha- it it changes everything when you just change those two words. If if you're willing to you know no one would stand up and say we endorse that behavior, then right. why'd you tolerate it? So. That's what we have to get to is is to make certain that uh, when there's that kind of behavior in the marketplace that that they have to say, well, I got I, I endorsed it, you know, because I, because I tolerated it. Evidently, it, I it. Endorsed reminds it. me
0: a lot of the NFL. A lot of times, yeah. they let things go by until all all of a sudden it gets hit on a it gets put on a very blasted on a big platform and everybody's about to see it. So then they have to take action before and then you know kind of overcompensate for the lack yeah. of. Uh, attention that they put towards that, you know, whether it's, you know, domestic violence or whatnot, not, but or whatever the Ray this. Rice yeah. scandal yeah. that yeah. got right. put yeah. on the television yeah. all of a sudden they just went out their way, they're donating, yeah. they're raising awareness, they're doing all that, but I mean, same with the CTE, all that, the NFL definitely. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Perfect for somebody that doesn't endorse it but just allows it to be done until they're caught. Yeah. 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 Once they're
0: about to be caught, but they're so powerful, they they almost know when they're about to be caught. Like, uh, sir, you're about to go. You better start about making to some down. money moves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or, or the different standards for different people. You yeah. know, yeah. oh, well, we got to tolerate that because it's a quarterback or it's a big profile player. But if you're a defensive lineman, no one's ever heard of, then we're gonna, you know, really come down on you to prove what good, good people we are. Well, that's that's ridiculous. And and I think that's one of the great things that's happening now is that people, you know, particularly your generation, see through that mm-hmm. and are willing to expose that and not be intimidated by who it is that's doing it.
0: We're a lot more conscious than we have ever been before, yeah. which is a uh, sucks because you know the stereotype that's put on the youth a lot by a lot of uh, a lot of ignorant and naive people, which automatically say that oh they they're entitled all the time and they're a mess and they're ruining everything, but they don't realize at the same time this uh, this youth is has the capabilities of being the most conscious you know, generation of all time thus far because we have the tools to do so. So it just needs a little bit of directioning and it could be some great things that I, I talk, could happen. I
1: talk about that, Josh, on stage in my speeches and I, I tell about this buddy of mine that sent me, he sent a mail, he made copies of newspaper headlines. And he sent me the newspaper headlines in the mail. So I'm it's a year, almost a year ago today, right? It's just right after Christmas uh, a, a year ago. So I open up the envelope and I'm, I'm pulling out these headlines and one said the laziest generation in American history. And the second one said, the worst work ethic of any generation in American history. And the third said, the least respectful generation in American history. And I looked, and all three headlines were from 1969 about baby boomers after Woodstock. <laughs> 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 Is that great? <laughs> I was just repeating. Right, it, so. yeah, right, right. Give somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it it really drove home to me that you know, the same generation that got that criticism is the one that's turning around and making it. And right. it's it's so easy to criticize people not like you.
0: It's easy, yeah, easier to criticize than to uh, try to be helpful and do something about it. And yeah. and yeah, look at it more optimistically. But so true. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a crazy world out there. I I, I have noticed. I've always talked to you about this. Um, I, I noticed that everybody around like when everyone hit that twenty to thirty year old or even younger stage. Or even older now, a lot of people are in a so confused, yeah. and they don't know which way to go, and they start to kind of feel panic and start to kind of rush in certain directions. You know, I've I've done it. Um, half of the people I talk to, and I'm, I kind of just tell them now, I'm like, just embrace. I'm like, you are not abnormal at all. Everybody is feeling like a depression and anxiety, and it feels lost and doesn't know what the hell they're supposed to do next because you got all these different media outlets tell well, you.
1: Well, yeah, you're, you're so right. And, and I, one of the things that bothers me about that is that it's easy to make decisions when there aren't many options. Right. And if we go back in history, um, if you were raised on a farm, then you're probably going to stay home and be a farmer because there really weren't many other options. Right. We know people that their parents worked in the coal mines or in the steel factories or whatever. And they were pretty much expected that that was going to be their life too. So it's easy when you don't have many options not to feel a whole lot of stress about what I'm going to do. There have never been as many options as there are today.
3: Yeah.
1: And hey. so the being confused and being, you know, I mean, uh, who is it? Is it, uh, is it is it Kevin Hart or I'll uh, let. Uh, uh, somebody one of the comedians says a, a man is about as faithful as his number of options you know if oh. if you're really ugly and you don't have any options man you are you are the most <laughs> faithful husband in the world but if you're you know if, is, if, yeah. if you're a movie star and all these people are throwing themselves at you then you know being being faithful might be a little bit harder and and while I I don't mean to make light of infidelity that's that's not my thing it's <laughs> it's that. Uh, the more options we have, the harder it is to stay the course because it's just natural. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if if you're driving somewhere and there's tons of distractions, it's hard to keep your eyes on the road. And and I think that's what's happening for a lot of folks today because not, not only are there so many options, but, you know, I go on Instagram and everybody's beautiful and everybody's in some exotic place and everybody's driving a Lamborghini and... I, well, I black think. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, but I think, man, where, where did my life get bit screwed up yeah. that I didn't, you know, have have the chance? To, and it, it's not. It's it's uh, a, a buddy of mine says uh, the Facebook and Instagram is really like professional wrestling. We use our own names, but we play a character.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I That's love that because it's good. it's true. It's mm-hmm. good. It's, <laughs> I'm just thinking about all that. Uh, what you just said right now uh, about. Uh, everybody's beautiful and everybody has filters on their lives and it actually reminds me of two things I noticed that in your book you talk about like Simon Sinek and uh, yeah. I have all these books that you're like mentioning I'm like oh my gosh that's awesome and, yeah. um, but the one thing I noticed is um, when people compare themselves uh, to everybody else so when you have only the, these filter pictures to compare yourself to um, it kind of reminded me of what you said for being iconic is everybody needs to be our businesses need to be on the offensive yeah And that kind of reminded me of that in a weird way. And the connection is if you're comparing yourself to other businesses all the time, then that's you're ensuring that you're always gonna be around the level of your competition. Exactly. And sometimes you might be like barely an inch up, but the floor is like you'll hit you're either gonna be like around the level of the competition or you're gonna hit the floor. Where if you are always on the offensive and not like worrying about all that and kinda worrying about yourself and their discipline. And, um, that's when you have your, your knowledge, your ceiling's outer space, mm-hmm. even if your competition is sitting here on earth still, and you know, you could still hit the floor, but now your ceiling's way, way higher to become iconic. And I realized that not only in businesses, but with people, people stop kind of comparing to their competition quotation yeah. marks and just were on the fence on the offensive with themselves and figuring out their lives and experimenting and, uh, wondering like what they want to do and how they can, you know, use their strengths to get ahead then their ceiling could also be iconic levels as well.
1: Yeah, it, it, you're so right. And, and, and you know, think about the music business over the last 50 years. You know, Elvis breaks on the scene and becomes the biggest star in the world, and everybody wondered who was going to be the next Elvis, the next Elvis. There were a lot of people that tried to be Elvis. And, well, the next Elvis was the Beatles. There were nothing like
0: exactly Elvis,
1: right? And so the Beatles then held the crown as you know the most revolutionary. And then, who's the next Beatles? Well, it, it was kind of Michael Jackson was the next person to be who was nothing like you start the Beatles, realizing right? That
0: the next Beatles is not the Beatles.
1: Yeah, it's it, it just is the next. And who was the next? Interestingly enough, in terms of of sales, who was the next Michael Jackson? Well, it was Garth Brooks not Garth Brooks but Garth Brooks sorry sorry to drop that but i mean who is absolutely obviously nothing like michael jackson right. and so the next is never going to be what the last one was and so what we have to understand is that charting our own course is the way to become more successful not trying to duplicate what everybody else is doing
0: I hope uh, I'm pretty sure. If you're an audience right now, you just became a little bit, you know, smarter listening to this episode. Because I know, <laughs> I, I know, I just became a little bit more wise for sure. Yeah, it's uh, that's funny. Garth Brooks is actually my first concert, by the way. Just to let you just his, to give you some. Uh, his
1: some drummer feedback. is a buddy of mine, and uh, when I did my first book tour with my first book, um, Garth wasn't. That's when Garth wasn't traveling, and so he road managed my book tour. And Mike and I got in a bus, Mike Palmer is his drummer, Mike and I got in a bus and we did 26 cities in 28 days from New York City to San Diego in a, in a month. And uh, it was, and, and I'm, I'm telling you what, Mike is one of the great guys, and I, I've never met Garth, but from the stories that Mike, Mike was his drummer in bars when he first started, when they were playing, you know, and, and to now play on these incredible stages, and to, to hear the stories about how it's the same guys in the band and how Garth hasn't really changed, and and all of that is really kind of wild. You can kind of tell too. Yeah,
0: by watching him, you can kind of tell just how his mannerisms and the energy that he you know he puts out. You can tell he's just. Some people you can just tell, they're a good guy. You don't yeah. need to like we were saying earlier, do the the background check and right. everything, or right. uh, fish his you know his social media, see what he's about. You can just you can just tell he has that unique. He has that unique presence. I
3: think he just likes to perform too, yeah. because there's no because like he's made his money, like he's probably really well oh, off. Yeah, has to be, but he still like does these shows. He even did like a, I went to like a smaller one. Uh, they had one at the Cosmo in like a small room, and like it was just like five rows of chairs, and it was him with like three people that had wrote written songs that he played, wow. and those guys were playing and singing the songs with him. It was wow. probably one of the coolest things I've ever done, yeah. Because he was not only was he like 30 feet away from me, but it was like him with these guys, and he's like, "Hey, you remember this song that we came up with?" And so it was cool to see that like he enjoys yeah.
0: it so much. It's never yeah. changed. That doesn't even it change. Doesn't change before he was exposed and, and mm-hmm. got put on the big stage she's okay. the same old person and I've noticed that I've the, the people that I want to follow the most and learn from the most are the people that have already made it made their money and you still see them doing it even though yeah. they don't need it for the money but they decide to keep on doing it whether it's a teacher an artist a doctor anybody a public speaker doesn't matter when they keep doing it after they've already you know made it and they're still doing it that means they just love to do it which is probably why they made it in the first place.
1: And, and they can also... Fo- it, it, it's kind of an interesting conundrum. that They've focused on the art, which made them famous. And now that they're famous, it allows them the freedom to focus on the art. Yeah. Right? It, which is where you have some that want to be rich and famous. And even when they become rich and famous, it's never famous enough or it's never rich enough. So they keep, for lack of a better term, prostituting themselves to try to catch up with the latest trend or to try to be... And and those Yeah, exactly. And and those careers in any industry never have longevity because they're not based on really doing something for the
0: audience. Hmm. That's a really that's a really good point. It's um Yeah, you got you got too many good points. Every time you get done talking I'm like, that's a good point. Oh thanks. That's a good point. That's fun. Well even so I met, for those you who don't know, I met him, uh, I met Scott at um, Hanks, and what was the first thing I said to you, I came up to you and, and basically, uh, what did I say, your voice is like a, like a commentator, uh, yeah, or DJ, yeah, 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 or something yeah. like that, I was like, hey, can you, just, uh, can you just do one of those things real quick, and you just on the spot, just kind of made up, and I knew you were a cool person, that was oh, before, oh, thank you. I knew all the accolades, and all the yeah. all the things that, that you, you do, I didn't even know what you did, and then I asked, what do you do, and you're like, a public speaker, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense, <laughs> Like, and uh
1: Yeah, it's so. Well, I appreciate that greatly. But one of the things I always always remind myself is, uh, as as my buddy Joe Calloway says, success means you know what used to work.
0: Success means you know what used to work. In other words, elaborate.
1: In other words, it doesn't mean that you're going to continue to be successful in the future, or that you're going to continue to grow in the future. You you can't just rest on what you've done, and so. I I always remind myself of that is I've I've been so fortunate, but uh, there's been also great pitfalls and tragedies in, you know, in every way, business and professional and financial and and everything else. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about the work. And I, I have to continue to work to stay current and ahead of the game and not just go, hey, man, look what I've done. Well, what I've done means I know what used to work but it doesn't mean I know anything about what's going to work and so you have to continue to you know just keep doing it and that's why if you love it and you're doing it as you said Josh for the you know for the love of it then you can continue to you know I mean the Rolling Stones, for God's sakes, are going back out. Keith Richards turned seventy-five. What a couple days ago.
0: Yeah, and I say it's because they're broke. So, yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. it's because it is, They love what they do, and they they want to keep doing it. And and I saw them, not the last tour, but the one before that, and they sounded freaking fantastic. Why would you quit? We we saw the Eagles here a couple three weeks ago, and and it I, it's the twentieth Eagles concert I've ever been to, and it's the best of the twenty. Mm-hmm. So why would you quit? I mean, I don't care if you're you know 25 or 65 if you're still doing good work that that audience's value what why stop why you know keep keep contributing
0: that yeah that's living for them you know they love to do that i mean would you after after you just make a lot of money would you just like divorce your wife you She's going you know because you still love her so if you still love your relationship with what you're doing for a career, why would you stop doing that as well? You know what
1: I mean? When I was a kid, uh, I mean, like a kid, kid, 14. um, You're like kid, kid, like immature, like 29. I'm like, like, oh, yeah, no, totally. uh, Uh, (laughs) My my boss at the job I had when I was a teenager, uh, his best buddy in high school was a member of a singing group that wasn't famous then, and they were called the Oak Ridge Boys, who now are a country music Hall of Fame member and platinum albums and grammy awards and you know everything else uh, but all the guys in the band the youngest one is 68 and the oldest one is 77 and they'll do 150 shows this year and it's not because they need the money and they i was talking to one of them last night and and he was saying i'm, I'm getting kind of tired of this question about when you guys are going to retire because he said i sing why would you want me to give that up? Right. You know? yeah. I mean, what? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody asked Willie Nelson, Willie, when you're going to retire, and he said, "All I know how to do is sing and play golf." Why would you want me to give either one of those <laughs> yeah. up? You yeah, know, that's rude.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. And> so, <laughs> it's rude. it's rude even ask. As
1: long as people want to hear you do it, and as long as you are doing it at a level that you feel is artistic, or you know, and and see, I think I can. Th- I think you can have artistic garbage collectors. I think you can have uh, artistic car salesmen. I, I, whatever you do. You can do it in a way that contributes and is artistic, and and uh, as long as you're doing it and you love it and and you're making money at it and people love what you do, and you're contributing, why why would you ever want to stop?
0: That's true. So so uh, what, did, uh, what advice would you give to uh, us young podcast podcasters that are just starting out right now to uh, distinguish ourselves and and doing? I mean, is there any? type of universal like tip or advice that you can give or
1: well i think it's true for podcasting it's true for professional speaking it's true for writing books it's it's true for anything and and that is making great effort consistently um so many podcasters so many authors so many speakers you know it's it's really hard to do what you do as a podcaster, in part because you start doing these and nobody's listening. You think, man, we work so hard. and We only got, you know, X number of downloads. But yet, yeah. yeah. But, and, and then like you said earlier, Josh, about, you know, the comparison, you look and see how many Joe Rogan gets or you look and see, you know, oh, yeah. and you think, oh my God, I'm, nobody's lit. Well, but nobody listened to his podcast at the beginning either. Yeah. And And so the consistency to do good work, even when nobody's paying attention. And in some ways that has to be that you're doing it for you. Mm-hmm. that you really enjoy doing this and you're doing it for you. I've seen so many speakers who are good speakers and the break just doesn't come soon enough for them, so they give up. And I think, man, if they'd have hung in there another year, if they'd have hung in another three years. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times that you go, this doesn't feel right. This this isn't right. So you need to move on to something else. But if it's that I know I'm really good at this, how come I'm not getting enough attention? That usually is what happens right before you get it. <laughs> Right, hmm. every book I've written, I've sat there and stared at my laptop and and thought, "What am I doing?" You know, I'm yeah. sitting here making up stuff, writing it in my laptop. Nobody's ever going to read this. And then I, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I'm in New York City, and there's the book in the window on Fifth Avenue. Right. right. I mean,
0: so that's awesome. It dude. was
1: so cool. But I mean, the point is, you, you you have to have the personal discipline to continue to do podcasts or to continue to write books or give speeches or or. Whatever it might be that you want to be a part of, I mean, people say, "Oh, follow your passion," and I always want to uh, adapt that to say, "Follow your profitable passion." <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, there are some things that you might be passionate about that nobody's going to pay you to do, unless if-
0: you're Gary V. Gary V. He he says is you know whatever your passion is, you'll find you'll find a you'll find a, a, a- People out there, group that will pay for your. He's like, you can turn dead frogs over. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I think there is a, you know, I mean, <laughs> if you try hard I, enough, maybe <laughs> that's uh, truly your only passion, flipping frogs. But
1: yeah, I mean, th- there are some things, and I know people who are passionately awful. You know, have you ever heard? <laughs> have you ever heard <laughs> well, a? That was funny. Well, have you ever heard a <laughs> singer who? Oh, she's passionate about singing, and she okay. can't hit a yeah, freaking yeah, note. Really, I mean,
2: her name. Is, her one. name is my mom. Uh, <laughs> Yeah.
1: And I called out my mom. Like, oh, yeah. yeah Boy, we're throwing everybody on the bus <laughs> here now. Aren't we? Uh, yeah. Cool. But, I want to ride the bus, not get hit
0: by the bus. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can,
1: just because you're passionate doesn't mean you're good. You can be passionately awful. Yeah. Right. And and so that's why I say profitably passionate is finding something that you do that. And, and, and I have so many people say, Well, I want to be a speaker. How can I be a speaker? And I said, The first question you're going to have to answer is. Why would someone pay you to do it?
0: What kind of value can you...
1: What is it about your story? And you have a story. I mean, and the story is why people would pay you to do it. So I'm not discounting that. Mm -hmm. I think they look at, oh, I can stand up and I can motivate people. Okay. Because the other thing is people don't choose you. What they do is they choose you instead of other options that are available. Which gets back to what we were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. about why it's hard to feel good about your choice. It, uh, psychologists call it post-purchase dissonance. It's it's buyer's remorse. So, yeah. oh man, I've got these five opportunities. So then you take one, you th- and and you're always looking in the rear view oh if i'd only done one of those other four maybe well, I... what do they call it fomo now fear of yeah, missing yeah, out exactly. yeah exactly yeah. yeah
3: so you missed out on the other opportunities where
0: would you pull that out of your ass fo- had you
3: that's that's a thing that's FOMO? a thing that's, a, that's, even heard that's, of that's an acronym that people use all the time dude fomo uh, nice. like yeah my girlfriend used it one time and i was like i was like that's, <laughs> i like i don't have like fomo yeah. really ever because you like, have mofomo What's that? <laughs> I don't. <told you. laughs> <laughs> Mo- mofo. Yeah, I use mofo every once in a while. This mofo. This mofo. But no, F- um, FOMO is not like a thing that that really affects me. I, I don't think. Well, maybe you do. Do you like ever like think that you miss out on like an opportunity for doing something else? Like
0: no, the <clears> thing. <throat> my problem is, I'm all over. I have just copious amounts of energy all the time, and. Um, my thing is, it's hard. I got to focus in on one thing. So, like, even this podcast, I, 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 I always want to be better and, I'm, and I want to work harder because I, but you know, under my circumstances, what I'm going through, sure. I'm easy on myself right now. But I'm thinking, once I'm past this point in my life, what am I going to do? How am I going to work harder? How, am I, you know, I try to read the books, I try to uh, listen to information. But like I said, I feel like I have too many options. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm that ce- celebrity in that way well, i like, I have so many options. What should I do? Like this and that. So I'm more like, what's more important? Like prioritizing. It's like, what's more important? Getting the the, the environment of when we we're doing it, like the logos to make us feel good? Or is it more important to just focus on one aspect of it and trying to stick out that way or kind of doing things collectively? Uh, in my mind, just needs to get better at focusing. You know what I'm saying? Cause yeah, no, I, it's I get It's all over it. the place.
2: I've got,
1: I've got a friend who... Uh, <laughs> Is uh, a, uh, a guy I've known forever and uh, uh, one of the wisest, smartest, most perceptive people I've ever known. His name is His name is uh, that says. Yes, uh, <laughs> his name is Nito Cobain. He's uh, wow. le- he's Nito le- N I D O, oh, and man. he's what Lebanese. Perfect. He is the president now of High Point University in High Point, North Carolina. And Nito is in so many businesses. He's on the you know the board of directors of Lazy Boy Furniture, and he's the president of this university. That's you know. Uh, tripled in size since he took it over and he's just, he's done so many, uh, uh chairman of great harvest bread. Oh, great out harvest. here. Yeah. He's, he's the chairman of that. And, nice. and it's, um, and one of the things he says is I, I have a lot of opportunities, but what I believe in is intentional congruency. So I'll take advantage of other opportunities, but I always ask, how does that new opportunity how can that bring more to what I'm already doing? So
0: synergy in a weird way? Yeah,
1: in a weird way. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so you might be so doing a logo and working on art contributes to the success of the podcast. That's intentional congruency. Now, if you go out and you're doing stuff that doesn't contribute at all to to this or to anything else you're doing, then all you're doing now is just filling up your calendar.
0: That's true, right?
1: So finding ways to. But it also implies you got to know what that core is.
0: That's what I was going that's to That's the challenge. That's we were, we were discussing thing, that the other day. That's what we're really trying to work on. That's why I actually was like ecstatic that you were actually coming because I feel like you will be our guest that thus far, you know, you've been doing it, that you will help us kind of provide that most value in this actual episode, because you've been doing it, you've been teaching people, and we're not only learning from you right now, just on the spot, but we're also like... Our listeners are like learning a lot. I oh, bet oh. you everybody is learning a lot because you can apply not just at businesses but really anything. But um, it's really exciting to just kind of have you here. And it's, uh, I feel like well, that's thanks. just like a good start. I don't know. I feel well, like that's a good start for us after our talk we had because we kind of wanted to start going a little bit of a different direction, have a little bit, get that core mission statement mm-hmm. like just condensed and pure. So then we kind of know what direction we're going and the rest will start being a lot easier. Yeah,
1: it, it will. I mean, the, the question is. If if you had a one sentence thing of what you wanted everybody that listened here to know, what would that be? You don't have to answer. I'm not saying answer now, but I am saying that's that's one of the you know and that's the core statement. That even can become part of the introduction to the podcast. Is what you put. It's but but it's not just podcasting, it's in everything. Is if you could do anything, get any message across, or get any what would that one thing be? And then the second question then becomes what do I need to do to make this happen? And then, and then the third question is, what's stopping you?
0: And then where, or the distinct part, the distinction part, that kind of comes in within the second question. Or like, how do I get there and how do I be distinct while I'm doing it?
1: How do I get there in my own way? How, how do I create the way of getting there without looking at what everybody else has done? I mean, look, if you're going to have a podcast, there's certain rules to the game. You're going to have microphones, right? I yeah. mean, you're going to have... So it's not that you have to you know, completely blow everything up and make everything you know, completely different. But, but now, how is this message different or unique or we deliver it in a different way than everybody else that has that particular message?
2: That,
3: that's what we're trying to do because we wanted to change the podcast slightly. Yeah. But we also wanted to keep what it we, was. Because like, our
0: things end. that we, our strengths are, we're, we're, we like to think we're funny. We're, we're, we're humorous, <laughs> like definitely outgoing, energetic. And then you know, like musically, we could we could literally sit here all night, have some drinks, and else make we'll make up song after song after song after yeah. song. So that's why we try to incorporate like the music part. Like we kind of play it live, and it the catch a the little catchy tune. Everybody always like says like, "Oh, I love your like introduction song." But then uh, we like do fake sponsors. Then so we do a little bit of comedy in there. But we're also more than that we're trying to figure out the value part like right? mm-hmm. because we're giving people entertainment but we want that value part to really help people so that's why we've kind of talked about our stories and our journey along the way and that's very important so we're kind of trying to like once again trying to condense that that value of our content that we can give to people and figure out how to
1: well which is really terrific and 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 by the way let me let me say whether it relates to you guys or not is that and there's absolutely nothing wrong with helping people put a smile on their face for a little bit you know, I mean, that that is a very, very worthy uh, uh, approach and a very, very worthy goal. Right. I, you know, one of the things I always think is funny, I, I, I was thinking about, as, as, I don't know, weird and macabre as this sounds, um, it was really interesting to me to look at some of the old Hollywood stars and how Humphrey Bogart, Clark Gable, all those guys died young. The singers, Bing Crosby, you know, those... Uh, most of those guys died young. George Burns lived to be over a hundred, Jack Benny into his nineties, mm-hmm. Bob Hope lived to be a hundred. The comedians were the ones that lived the longest and the healthiest.
0: Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. You know? That's contradicting because aren't they supposed to be the most like uh depressed a lot of times?
1: But the I I think it's a couple things. I think it is looking at what's funny, and secondly, the the feeling about performance mm-hmm. right they were on the stage they got feedback they did something constantly where a recording artist might only do an album a yeah, year back then true. right or it's in the studio or a movie actor is on the set but not it's it's being you know it's doing something where you get feedback and you're around people they and you, feel like
0: there's and, a reason yeah, to right. keep going and they're always yeah they're always growing
1: yeah my my dad played music uh, every weekend he was a musician the local musician and uh, he had some significant heart problems. But he'd always say, well, son, I, I can't die. I'm booked Saturday night. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and That's it really And awesome. it really drove him to, I've got to take good ceremonies. I, I, I'm booked. And having something even at 75 to continue to look forward to that this Saturday, you know, I've got something to do, I think is, is critically, critically important whether you're, you know, 25 or 75.
0: That's really cool. That is super. So. Yeah. Is, that is so true. That's awesome. Um, I got to say one thing, a different subject that I've noticed on uh, when I listen to your book is um, I hear a lot of Jim Rohn in, oh, yeah. in you yeah. as far as uh, – He was a great and, and ask yourself, you're like, why? Or it's yeah. like, and why? I, I, I hear Jim Rohn. Those of you don't know Jim Rohn, he's a mentor of Tony Robbins. And uh, he the way he speaks is very simplistic a lot of times, but so effective. So he'll do things. He'll ask you a question, and he'll be like, of course. <laughs> That's a good Jim Rowe, Yeah, man. He'll, uh. he'll say, me and my, my little brother, because he listened to the book yeah. that yeah, you recommended and stuff, um, and, and Take Charge of Your Life, which is a phenomenal book. That's good for anybody that hasn't you know, listened to it and just wants like a good read. I mean, that will help you in all aspects of your life. But he puts things in such a simplistic way, and the way he says it makes you – Hear the same message that you've heard your whole life, but in a different light. Yeah, You're like, yeah. oh, okay, now it makes more sense. Exactly. But no, I it's a lot of times when. that
1: That's subliminal. I don't yeah, intend to don't do, that. It's, to it's do just, that. it's just its just the, the tell, power of his example. I can tell you've listened to that. him a lot. Yeah.
0: And I can hear it. And I'm sure you think that. I was listening to him today. And, yeah. yeah, well,
1: absolutely. No, I, I i had him in my earphones today next, when I was taking a walk. Next time you, you know, listen so.
0: to yourself, now I guarantee oh, yeah. you'll be my answer. I'll pick it up. Yeah, but I absolutely heard that. Wow, that's
1: a compliment. Thank oh, you. Oh, yeah, it is a compliment. Is, he's the best.
0: Yeah. It is. And,
2: and
1: that's the thing, too. I, I would advise anybody, you know, as, as I told you that night in Hanks, uh, Take Charge of Your Life by Jim Rohn is is a classic, and it's so easy to see how he became the guy that inspired Tony Robbins and, and we others. we know who the hell yeah. that guy is. Yeah. That
0: guy is just a guy on another level. He's, For, yeah, force of nature. He's so I mean, good he's, at what he does that people think it's too good to be true that he's just fake. I've heard so many people like like will just hate him or think he's fake or it's just too good to be true. I'm like, no, that's literally he was brought on this earth to do that. To do that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You
1: know, interesting too. I I had a celebrity one time tell me it doesn't matter if they love you or hate you. What matters is that they feel strongly about you. Uh, That you don't get raving fans unless you're also willing to create raving enemies. Oh yeah. Right, because what you do is so powerful and so out there and so important that there are going to be people that love it. But if they love it that intensely, it means there's also going to be people that despise it.
0: When they say that, like your your haters are your biggest fans. Yeah. Yeah. If if nobody hates you, you're not doing anything right. Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, And and a buddy, Jay Bear, wrote a book called "Hug Your Haters" because he said that's that's where you'll learn the essence of what the message is that's creating passion. And and it. I don't recall who wrote it, but but one of the, the smartest lines I ever read was: "The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifference." Mm. It's the total. It's from being passionate to the total lack of passion. If someone says, "I hate my job," that's somebody I can help to love their job. But if somebody says, "I don't, I hate, I don't care," oh, I they don't, don't care. say, I, "I don't care. Yeah. I don't care about this place I don't care anymore." Right. Yeah. Now, yeah. That's the person that you don't want working there yeah.
0: that's that's cool that, that is interesting i didn't think about that and uh jay jay bear speaking of him he, he just way he's came out a new book talk trigger or, yeah talk triggers uh-huh. yeah I, I follow him too but i'm telling you he looks like an older version of my little brother and he's just he's a little bit he's a weird he's a weird guy too it's kind of fun <laughs> to follow unique. he's unique man yeah. he'll dress up in llama suits so you don't know what the heck he's gonna do but my little brother is a little strange too so i'm telling you <laughs> every time he does something goofy I sent the, the, the picture of the video to my little brother. Mike, man, you have a lot to look forward to. You're almost, you're, you'll be there before you know it. Yeah. My brother loves it. Oh, He's, Jay, yeah.
1: Jay rocks. He, he, Jay always wears these plaid suits. And the first time you see anything with Jay, you kind of think, and, and in his new, uh, we all have our demo videos that how we promote ourselves. They're custom made. They're custom tailored. You couldn't even find, and it shows the tailor, you know, showing him all these uh, uh, patterns of plaid, you know, different colors in it. But it again, it's he he is distinctive because he found his own way he's to do it and created yeah. his own brand about doing it. And he's he's one of the most successful and awesome guys out there.
0: Just like your glasses, you got one of the coolest glasses <clears throat> oh, in thanks. the business. I because that's that's also another thing when you see people's just uh, appearance too, the aesthetic yeah. uh, part of like their presentation, they. It's more than what they say or do. It's definitely like how they look. Part of the brand, yeah. and yeah, it's part of the brand. But a, a lot of people just kind of fall in the same category. You couldn't tell Joe from Jerry from yeah. John from Josh. Sorry, they're all J names because they're kind of close enough. But um, then the you illiter- got some random guy,
1: king of alliteration. Yeah, exactly. Alliteration. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. No, I'm not the king of alliteration. What, what am I? No. Uh-oh, you're <laughs> the uh, uh, let's see, the transcendent,
1: transcendent. troubadour. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yes. Guys,
0: get it right. But uh, you randomly have somebody that really sticks out and you're wondering if their content is just way better than other people's or it's just their branding as a whole is just a little bit different and it helps you, helps them to stick out a little bit more. But yeah, I know like when I I saw your glasses, that's the first thing I thought about you. Hmm. I was thinking like, man, I really like his glasses and then your voice. So those two things were already distinct and you didn't have to do anything. That's just that's just kind of you. Well, thank you. So
1: no problem. Uh, but uh. You know, there's a quick, stir, uh, weird story about the glasses. I, I was doing research for you know people that stood out or what made people stand out. And I ended up not using the story in the book, but it, um, I, I thought, okay, so who has the, the coolest glasses? Because it was time for me to, you know, I had new prescription time to get a new pair. And I thought, okay, so Elton John always has oh, wild, crazy, and the other one is always Oprah. You ever notice Oprah is always like have different glasses? And I like, didn't know, I, I, if, I, if you watch, it's really weird. It's like when she goes to an awards show, her glasses will match her gown, and are always different. So I thought, well, so I started research. You know, where where they get their glasses? And it was the same guy. Oh, so and he's oh, over wow. in Los Angeles. So I, I I was in Los Angeles for a speech. So I find where the guy works, and it's a small place that this immigrant guy owns from Eastern Europe.
3: That's
0: crazy. And
1: I go in and I'm just trying to learn about him. And he's larger life personality. And he takes this pair off a shelf and he puts it on my face and he says, those, those are yours. <laughs> and I'm like, that is
0: awesome.
1: and I'm like uh, wow, well, these are really cool. But I mean, there's, uh, talking about options, there's all these other, and I said, well, could I see some others, you know, just kind of, he said, no. <laughs> he's
0: like, that's you. No, this, I know what this, the hell I'm doing. This is you.
1: And I went, uh, uh well, yeah, now I'm thinking, you know, and it, it was maybe a couple hundred bucks more than Lens crafters and what I'd spent. It's a good salesman. It wasn't, you know, hugely. He's, he knows what the, he knows yeah, what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. he's but, a professional on that yeah. yeah but he he'll do you know maybe 30 uh, like Oprah will buy 25 30 pairs a year and elton john will buy you know hundreds of pairs a year because he wears a different pair of glasses for every show so that you know and it's just that uh, keep him in business just that right long, right. right and and so a lot of people go there so anyway yeah
0: <laughs> well i i yeah a couple a couple things you know on the on the closing end of all these uh all these subjects um a couple interesting things that people didn't know about, and I didn't even know. Tell, you know, we're like we're like researching yeah. a little bit of things because you know, interesting. So you know, he found the podcast thing that was very interesting. Thanks. So I'm just like, first of all, I'm like, how did you, <laughs> how do you find a time to do all that too? You have a place you go to, or do you do it from your home? No,
1: or? I do it from home. I just like you guys. I've got my laptop and a, a mic and I mean that that's to me that's one of the exciting things about yeah. now is you know you can sit here and do this as we're sitting around a table here together and drinking and wine, drinking wine and, and having a good time as you say and 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 who knows I mean they could listen to this podcast in Dubai right. you know I mean it's yeah it's, it's pretty amazing. just amazing today you don't there's no gatekeepers there's no uh, you know I, I worked my through college in in radio and you had to have you had to get through the gatekeeper to get to work for a station that mm-hmm. people you know. And now there's no gatekeepers. We put this out there, and if people like it, great. And if they don't, you keep putting it out until it gets better and catches on.
0: That is, really, and so, and what um what, what's your your podcast about? Just for the like the listeners. Oh, thanks.
1: Uh, I, I want to do something again, a little distinctive. So what what I do is like a, a five to ten minute max daily podcast. So, if you're driving to work and you want to just listen to something right as you're pulling into work to think about or kind of charge your batteries or, or give you something to think about, really that's cool. great. I, also, though, I hear from a lot of people who, you know, uh, they, they're mowing the grass so they download a, a week and they listen to one week at a time, you know, because that's a, either way, of course, is great. But <laughs> it's called it, Has it always been like that? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah.
0: Since when, episode one? Yeah, because you had some questions about like the podcast that you're interested in. Yeah. So
1: Yeah, when, when, when I was doing radio, you know, back then, there was a program on from a, a speaker named Earl Nightingale, and it was called "Our Changing World." And it was a five-minute thing that would play in morning drive. And I, you know, I, I would hear it every morning as I was going to school. And it was always just like a thought, you know. It would backed up with, you know, for example, today I read that this happened, and here's what I think about it, mm-hmm. and here's, you know, and, but it, it would be, it wouldn't be I'm telling you what to think. It was more food for thought. Isn't that interesting? What does that mean? As you're as you're working today, think about. And so it's it's really just something that, that you know, obviously I express my opinions on things, but it but it, it really is more of what do you think about this? And it's just a, a short little five to seven. That's super cool
0: because I I. Don't, I can't think of any podcasts that I know that really do that. You know I mean? I'm no, not a I think podcast connoisseur or anything. When you
3: brought that up, I think of my drive to work every morning. At, Super at, short. At 5.45 every morning or 40 I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm always late. But <laughs> There's no, always, no, he's not. No, he's uh, not, guys. Right? There's always uh, a radio station, uh, 94.1. I tune into them because at 5.45 in the morning, they always have what's trending. Yeah. And so they always go over like just what's trending on t- t- Tinder. Or sorry, not on Tinder. I'm sorry. What was that again? <laughs> <laughs> it's always what's what's trending on Twitter. So, like, she'll go over, like, what's trending for the day. Yeah. And it's some of the stuff. It's stuff that I heard about. But then I, she'll, like, throw in some random stuff. And sure. like, they'll talk about it. But I'm really not really listening to what they're saying. I'm just seeing what's, like, trending to kind of, like, put my own, like, ideas right. about it. And then kind of, like... I get, I get into, like, a daze, and then by the time I get to work, I'm like, oh, okay. And then I have something to discuss or talk to people sure, about that's more, sure. like, common stuff. So, I mean, I, I think it's more of, like, an intellectual thing with yours that, like, if I got to work, I don't think, because I work in construction, I don't know mm-hmm. if everybody at my job site would be, like, as engaging yeah, right. as yeah. with, with if I'm talking about them. Maybe they would be. I don't know. Uh, that's just me. Like
1: well, I mean, and, and with, with mine, too, it might be that um, – You know, a a study came out and it had something surprising in it. But it also might be, hey, I was at this restaurant last night and, the, you know, I I got horrible service. And the amazing thing was, while I'm still waiting on the check, which never got there forever, I posted something on Yelp. And by the time I got to the car, 300 people read it.
2: Mm.
1: Which means that how you treat the people that you work with or how you treat your customers the, the world has changed, you know. Yeah. It, it, it it everybody can hear it, right? Yeah. It matters, right? And, and oh. it, matter, and Hanks, it matters at Hanks, you know. I mean, people before people go to well, we had a conference at, at Green Valley Resort, and there were people that flew to our conference from England. There was a couple there from Australia. Well, they already knew they wanted to go to Hanks because they looked it up on on TripAdvisor.
0: That that's something that, about Hanks that's uh, very special. That it's hard for it's us to see.
3: It's the rolls. No. Yeah, the, the bacon rolls. That's what.
0: It yeah, is. it's the rolls. <laughs>
1: and the fried Oreos. Have you had the fried Oreos <laughs> yeah. there? Oh my oh. I, What
0: are you guys talking? About? I, I don't know what you guys are talking. Yeah. Or a martini. No. <laughs> like a martini. For talk. those yeah. of you don't yeah. know, I work at Hank's. So, but um, it's crazy because you don't realize because you're I, I'm in it. You know, yeah. I mean, I I like live it. I you know I breathe it. So I'm there. So I don't realize um, how special it really is. And sometimes it takes a different perspective. Or like talking to you. When I I found out what you do, and I'm like, why does he keep coming back? And then you kind of were telling me, like, oh, I didn't really think of that. Sure, because that's just who we are and at, at our culture. The employees, especially, we run Hanks. We run that place. Yeah. It's all the people and all the regulars that we create relationships with, and it matters so much. And we're, I mean, we're all just like best friends there, and we do it a that different sucks. way. It's a little more vulgar. It's not as professional well, like at the bar, but it's.
1: Well, it fits. keeps us coming back. It, it fits, fits, right? Yeah, it fits. We we had uh, Tammy, my wife, and I hosted the uh, Christmas party for the Nevada National Speakers Association. So this is every professional speaker in the state, and most of them came to the party. And guess who served them at the party?
0: Uh, Renee and Barbie. Yeah, yeah. From I had just lucky guess because we <laughs> yeah. well
1: because we wanted the Hanks experience. We knew they we know them right. Yeah. I mean, it's not just. Oh, we've been to the restaurant where they work. It's like, you guys are our friends. We know you guys. Yeah. And and uh, Joe Calloway, I was talking about earlier, has this great line. He says, My favorite restaurant is the one where they know my
0: name. Cheers.
1: That's what we want. We want <laughs> to feel, all of us, and, it, and not just at a restaurant, everywhere. We want to feel like Norm felt when he walked in the bar at Cheers. Right. We all want that feeling that, hey, we they know our name. And that we're important in that particular area. And gosh, if if every if every employee can make customers feel that way but more importantly if every manager and leader could make his or her team feel that way man it would be that'd be, it'd awesome. be insane.
3: Yeah. yeah i wish i would have had like a like a meeting or a conversation with you prior to like leaving my old job when i was a hotel manager huh. because like i was so fizzled out and i wasn't concentrating on the connection anymore i was yeah. just kind of like i was i was the guy that was like i don't care anymore and so, like, well, they let me go eventually because I think they recognize sure, that. Sure, yeah. But yeah. I, don't, I don't think they made too much of a conscious effort to, like, fix it either. They didn't right. say, like, hey, this guy probably needs some type of motivation. We should have that someone like That might be like why
0: you start feeling that way in the first place, too, because it trickles down. You know, those yeah. are people above you. And if that's not the culture, then it's no surprise that a lot of people – in that yeah,
3: because at the beginning when you said, like, your your team loves you, but, like, so I was the guy that my team loves me, but, like, and, and I would go out there and I would show them what they're supposed to do, but, like, I wasn't, I didn't go to that next level. Yeah, yeah. Because... I was. I think I was getting a little bit of uh, feedback from the, the people around me, and I was being loved by them. That I did. I was kind of jaded, yeah. I, and I wasn't being loved by the people that sh- that I actually needed to. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it's just a, a different perspective. Like, and I and I, and I really wish I would have had like that <laughs> well, opportunity. I'm on a different path. Everybody but. needs a little yeah. Scott in their life, I'm telling yeah. you. <laughs> well, he <you> really <laughs> does. Yeah, but, but um, we uh
0: we definitely don't wanna we don't wanna hold you here too long. We we we've, we've Covered a plethora of uh, yeah, I got five hundred subjects. I and, got
3: five hundred podcasts to listen to on the way to work now. So he goes, well, listen, let me know what
1: you think. But it's uh, pro- if anybody wants to listen, it's uh, Project Distinct. Project is the name Distinct. It. So just look for Project Distinct.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh before before we uh, break out the the ending song and all that, like once again, I would like to thank you for coming on our show, but before you do this, how was it speaking in front of the president? What president was this? Because I keep reading that. Uh,
1: it was President Bush that passed away <laughs> here not too oh, long ago. And yeah. how about. Uh, How old were you? Oh, geez, I George, have to think. George. Yeah, yet. it was George, yeah. Um, how old was I? I have to think back. It's been a, it's been a while. Um, I, I, th- this is the craziest story ever. I, I was given a speech in Indianapolis where I was living at the time, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was in the audience. And he oh. came, he came up, which terrified me, you know, <laughs> and he came up afterwards and he said, um, um get down. uh, he said, uh, I, I'd like your speech. Uh, someday we will work together. And I thought, yeah, right. You know, I, I can see me in Terminator 18. <laughs> you know, you I'll, I'll be back too. You know, <laughs> kind of like, yeah, it was in a movie, but he, he didn't know. Well, anyway. So, uh, a few weeks later I get this call in my office and, uh, the, the woman that was work, wonderful woman was working for me at the time. Uh, came back and said, oh, "There's a woman on the phone, and she said that she is Arnold Schwarzenegger's assistant, uh, and he wants to talk to you." And I'm thinking, "Well, a buddy of mine worked in radio in Atlanta, and his shtick was he did Im- impressions, and he knew that I'd met Arnold and all this kind of stuff." So, you know, I said, oh yeah, okay, put you know, put Owl on the phone. Owl, I said, "Yeah, it's my buddy in Atlanta." So, you know, this woman says, hold for Mr. Schwarzenegger. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Right? Uh, and, and so <laughs> this voice comes on and says, Scott, how are you? I said, oh, man, I'm, I'm doing great. How about you today, Arnold? He said, oh, I'm, I'm very good. And he said, I, I want to ask you, I loved your speech that you gave. I want to ask you for a speech, uh, to, to give a speech. Oh, great. Uh, well, when's it going to be? So he, <laughs> he tells me the date. So I go, yeah, well, right now that date's open. I think I'd be all right. You know, and I'm just kind of... Uh, Where's it going to be? It's at the White House and the president. Well, now I know this is my money. This is, you know, this is just the, and uh, uh, he's, uh, I said, my fee is, and I I quoted what my speaking fee was. And there's this long silence. And uh, he said, uh, well, I figured you'd do this for nothing because it's for our charity and it's for our. And I said, go to hell. Did you do your last movie for nothing? This is what I do for a living. Kiss my ass. You, you know, know,
2: you did it. And there's, <laughs> like this,
1: <laughs> there's, there's like this long pause. And he went, y- you know, you're right. I'm asking you to do what you do for a living. This is my charity. But I'm asking you to do what you do for a living. We'll, we'll take care of the fee. No problem at all. And I'm, I'm like, uh, uh, and so I'm waiting on the joke. And then he said, uh, and if you see Corey, tell her I said hello. Who was the meeting the person that ran the meeting where he heard me speak that I knew my buddy had never oh. and and I'm like no. uh, 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 <laughs> Dude. Uh, uh. and he's you know well good to talk to you Goodbye. and hangs up and, and, and literally <laughs> I get goosebumps right now I can still feel it, it was like if I'm a bad movie I'm still got the phone you know up to my and I went like, uh, uh. <laughs> and it, it dawned on me that it, it, it was really him and I said you know kiss my ass go to hell oh. and okay so fast forward now it's time for the event so I show up at the event and the woman comes up she says Scott I was Annie I'm Annie I'm the one that you talked to and I went oh my god and I started just profusely apologizing and she went don't you ever tell him.
3: Yeah, because he probably thought you were a badass.
1: And, and I said, what? And she said, no one tells Arnold, kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do your last movie for nothing? And, he, and he, she said, he's told everybody he knows that story about, Can you, you know, man, this guy's really good because he told yeah. so I, So I, I, I swear I hope he never... You know, uh, well, I, I,
0: well, you could be you could sleep at night comfortably. I don't think he listens to a podcast. Well, well, <laughs> the oh, money does. Well,
1: well, the funny thing too is, uh, so later, you know, years later, Tammy and I meet and get married, and uh, you know, she'd heard that story, and I think she wondered, was it ever, you know, was it embellished? Was uh, okay. it, you know, which a wife would? I mean, anybody sure. would. I'm sure people are listening right now. Go, yeah, did he really? Well, anyway, so uh, we, we were in Los Angeles, and this limo pulls up and Arnold gets out of the limo and Tammy and I are standing there waiting
2: <laughs> waiting <laughs> on our
1: car this is great and he walks and he walks by us and she starts elbowing me in the ribs but i hadn't seen him for 10 years probably and all of a sudden he turned around and went what are you doing here? Wait a minute. He said, by the way, I did not do my last movie for nothing. I made lots of money. <laughs> he was so nice to us and just gracious. And Terry's just like, oh my God, it really did happen. But <laughs> he said, I did not do my last movie for nothing. Like, oh you know, <laughs> yeah, I bet you didn't <laughs> give your speech for nothing. And so he was really cool. So he Arnold was just... Uh, uh, extraordinarily kind, Man, but
3: uh, that would have been awesome if he just turned around and said, "Kiss my
2: ass," <laughs> yeah, start, exactly. and walked away, dude. I would have been like, "Dude, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> don't don't talk to me here. I have friends. <laughs> please, please, no autographs If I'd said no autographs, though, no,
2: please." You know, uh,
0: you know but, what? That was like I'm so glad I asked that question before closing because that was one of the most intriguing stories ever. I'm oh, I had no idea that that's that's that uh, too good to be true. That is awesome.
1: I I, I just and I would never have said that. No. I mean, I mean, I No, no, oh no. Scott,
0: you're a badass. You would have said oh. that. Yeah. <laughs> if you had known oh, it was really oh, I wish
1: I wish I would, would have oh. said more. <laughs> oh, yeah, if I known I was him I'm like, how much do I have to pay you to go do this in front of you the You like make but... him flinch when you see him? You like oh, shoulder check or something? Man, it was yeah. it was a, what an experience well uh,
0: scott thank you so much for coming thanks. on episode I 13 it this is a really special episode um ace and a trace yeah exactly trace. thanks right. for announcing us and you uh, bet guys yeah we're gonna we're gonna do our closing song right now and yeah uh, grab this guitar and uh call it a night so thank you all for listening and uh, here we go
2: believe your eyes it's the element of surprise element of surprise element of surprise element of surprise
0: it's the element of surprise thank you everybody love you all thank you thank you Scott, your audience there you go yeah. <laughs> thanks guys